This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. There is just one reality. Even so, we've long accepted the notions that both science and Christianity could somehow be right. One was materialistic, after all, and one was spiritual. But still, how can there be more than one reality? We're coming now to see that both science and Christianity have perspectives that let us get a bit closer to understanding the one reality that neither of them really grasps, because both are belief systems. One is theistic, one is atheistic. That's a fundamental dogma of science, atheism. But when we get beyond belief systems and approach reality with a completely open mind, we begin to see a reality that's much more wonderful than anything that we could possibly imagine. Our guest this week, back to help us better understand the one reality in which we live, is the wonderful Dr. R. Craig Hogan. For his whole life, he's been trying to understand our reality, being skeptical of the evidence, but still open-minded, and the result is an extraordinary body of work. His groundbreaking book, which is Your Eternal Self, was what finally helped me to realize what was going on and really get my arms around our one reality and what it might be. Today, he and I are going to sort of free associate, have a conversation with you joining in, um, talking about what the afterlife evidence and quantum physics are telling us our one reality is, and then what the implications are of what we're learning about our one reality, and these are fascinating. Welcome, Craig. Hi, Roberta. It's such a pleasure to be here again. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, I've, I've been sort of trying to uh, bribe Craig to be a co-host with me on some of these things because he knows so much more about this than I do, and I'm kind of trying to uh, hold up my end, but it's, it's easier um, when somebody really knows what they're doing. Craig, start again. Just, just kind of briefly tell us what you've told us before about what reality is and how it makes this illusion that we see around us and we think is the universe, how it makes that happen. Yeah, we've uh, learned much more about reality than we've ever known throughout the history of humankind. We've uh, discovered things since the time of uh, Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, All that was changed at the beginning of the 20th century when we discovered things based upon first Max Planck's work with quantum, with quanta that he saw as packets that were coming in uh, instead of uh, flows of energy, and uh, that was expanded upon by those who had uh, discovered quantum mechanics and formulated it in the 20th century. Now, in the 21st century, we are coming into an, an entirely new revolution. It's going to be the revolution of consciousness. And so we'll see a similar revolution that we had in, in, uh, in Newton's time and then in quantum mechanics. This is the age of consciousness. And what we're finding out is that the reality that we look at is a reality that is created by consciousness. Uh, we know that to be true because of the fact that uh, consciousness can affect reality in various ways. 
We know the, about the observer effect in quantum mechanics that we, nothing exists until we observe it, that everything is in a state of flux uh, called a superposition. All the possibilities that could be exist until we look at them, and then they, they come down to one possibility. It's called the collapse of the wave function. And what that means is that consciousness, uh, we who are conscious beings, when we look at reality or we look at, at things, then they collapse into the reality that we see. So consciousness, uh, the reality that we see is being collapsed moment to moment. Uh, the thing that we call the past is just the memories of what we've had. There isn't something that exists. The thing that we call the future it isn't a reality. It's just our suppositions about what may come. The only thing that is the reality is the reality that's being created right now. So we know that this reality is unfolding, and we are part of that unfolding. So what happens is in things like dreams, we are uh, unbridled. We're able to go off into our own reality, and, and our minds create a reality that's a real reality. We create the characters in that reality. We create the scenes in the reality. And so in a dream, we are the reality makers, and the same thing is happening in the reality that we experience in our waking moments. We are creating this reality as well, and we do it all together. It's called a consensus reality because we created it together, and it's unfolding moment to moment. It changes as we wish, and we have much evidence of the fact that when we want to have reality change, uh, it changes, and, uh, and we can see that happening moment to moment. So we know that reality is created by consciousness. Wow. However, um, it's not news, is it? Because um, Max Planck was one of the people, and, and some of the other quantum physicists, perfectly understood what they had found. Um, I'd love to quote my dear friend, Max. In fact, uh, in his honor, when I talk to people about what, what God is, I don't say God anymore since... Um, there are so many negative uh, religious connotations associated with God. I call God Mind with a capital M because that was kind of what he called it. Um, he said in 1931, and he, this is the fellow who is the father of quantum physics. Uh, in 1918, he got the Nobel Prize for the quantum theory. And in 1931, he said, I regard consciousness as fundamental. I regard matter as derivative from consciousness. We cannot get behind consciousness. Everything we talk about, everything we regard as existing, postulates consciousness, which is just what you said. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's very important that people understand that this understanding of consciousness that Craig has just so beautifully given us came from the quantum physicists who first came to understand the implications of their, the theory of quanta and the fact that the observer collapses reality uh, as, as as it happens. They they could they proved all this experimentally, and then they started to riff on it in ways which don't. Some people will say sound religious. They don't even sound spiritual. They sound scientific. But the, at the ground of reality is consciousness. And your consciousness is part of all consciousness. Um, that's, that's the core of what reality is. When we seek reality, what we find is your consciousness. So this is big news. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, big news, and, and it will be in the, in the textbooks, but it may take a while for it to get there, but uh, it is coming. It, it's curious that, that and we've talked about this, Craig and I have in the past on this program, that um, scientists are going to be the last to make these discoveries. 
uh, and not the leaders. And that's unfortunate. But in in traveling, as as we both do, and talking with a lot of people, I have found just since The Fun of Dying came out in 2010, an enormous increase, not just in interest, but in understanding on the part of people in audiences. It's astonishing. Don't you find that too, Craig? Yeah, it's true. There's a much more of an openness because people are beginning to realize that it's true. And if you look at those, uh, the lists of people who are doing the work now and who are making the discoveries, the list of those that we have as presenters in the conference in July, uh, these are PhDs, they're, they're uh, people with master's degrees, they're attorneys, they're people who are learned and, and understand their own fields and have come to an understanding of consciousness and the afterlife and, and have looked at all of the evidence and say, well, there's no doubt about the fact that the afterlife is as much a reality, perhaps more so, than this life, and consciousness is at the basis of reality. So it's, now it's the people who are, uh, who are learned and who are understanding these kinds of fundamentals about their own lives, and they've applied it to consciousness and, and afterlife and have come to these conclusions. So it no longer is just the people who seem to have metaphysical uh, or, uh, or backgrounds that are magical, and, and um, I think it's important also to say, uh, certainly all the senior people I've met in this field are skeptics. Um, and and uh, more skeptical, I think, than most people could imagine. Because once you've discovered a piece of this huge truth, you, you know that there is a truth there. And you're not going to be fooled by or, or, or easily swayed by uh, things that are not persuasive, that are people's theories. Um, so I've been struck by the fact that everybody is very serious and sober-minded, and uh, nobody wants to... People ask me what I believe. Well, all I can say is what the evidence says. Um, but the evidence is so consistent and so persuasive that um, it's, hard to, uh, uh, it's hard to say anything but that it has to be right. It's not possible for it not to be right. Yeah, and, and we're all, always questioning each other. So that uh, somebody makes a statement of, uh, among those of us who are studying this field, and we always question it. We always come in and, and say, what data do you have behind that? You know, yes. Why do you believe that that's true? Why, why would someone else believe that that's true? And part of it is the fact that the skeptics jump all over us, but it's also the fact that we really are concerned with the truth. Yes. And we won't accept anything in our lives that isn't true. It carries a tremendous responsibility to be studying mm-hmm. this all seriously, because uh, basically this is, this is information that the world is desperate for, desperate. All of the evil, all of the negativity we see in the world comes from the fact that people don't know these truths. So uh, we all feel some urgency about better understanding it ourselves uh, and coming together and, and in a way that's going to allow the world to look more open-mindedly at what we've learned and begin to apply it um, because that's what's going to make the world change. When, when people are applying these glorious truths to their own lives, suddenly the world will change. Yeah, we're seeing that as people do understand more about the afterlife and the fact that uh, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience during this time. And as such, we're fellow travelers. We're yes. in this in, together. And, and that means and we've that we made can, this mess we can join arms in brotherhood. Understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, uh, it's so important that people come to, uh, come to realize that their own minds create their reality. We're going to be talking about that um, in, in a minute. But I want to make sure people listening to us really get the fact that matter the correlate of matter that is material energy, time, and space are all created by mind. Those are all part of the illusion. They don't exist objectively. 
it's hard for people. I think it's easier almost to, to believe that you're only imagining you're here than it is for people to accept the fact that there is no objective matter, no objective space, and especially, don't you find, Craig, people have trouble understanding there's no objective time. Yeah, it, uh, because time seems to be an arrow. It goes from the past to the present to the future, and they believe that the past exists, and it, of course it doesn't exist, it's only memory, and that right. the future exists, and of course it doesn't exist, it's only supposition about what might happen. Uh, there is only the present, and the present is experiences. Uh, and, and neuroscience is telling us that. It isn't just us who are saying this. Neuroscience tells us the fact that what we have uh, is a represent- uh, representational reality. In other words, uh, assuming that there is a brain and the brain somehow controls this, which we know not to be true, but the neuroscience view of it is that light photons come into the eye, they come to the retina at the back of the eye, they go through the optic nerve, and by the time they get there, the reality that we know that we think is outside of us is not knowable because all we've got is electrical signals that are coming through the optic nerve. Uh, So we don't know that there's a really reality there. All we know is there are electrical signals. Then they come to the back of the brain and and they're in the optical cortex, uh, plus about 38 other areas in the brain come together to to form a site. Uh, But that site isn't in our brain. There is nothing. Our brains never see light from the time that we're born to the time that we pass. The brain never sees a speck of light, uh, and yet there are sunsets that we that we see. And, and right. the, but those are just electrical signals, is what neuroscience says. So neuroscience says that what we get when we finally get the electrical signals to the back of the brain, and and, and there is uh, there are neurotransmitters that are created. They say then we have a representational reality. In other words, it's not a reality; it's just a, a representation of what reality is. So even the neuroscientists say that the only thing that we have is the experience that we have in the brain, uh, that there is nothing else but that. And what we know to be true is that, uh, that in fact, experiences are the only reality that we know. Uh, and uh, because of the fact that they are the only reality that we know, there need not be anything outside of us. We don't know that there is anything that's outside true. of us. That's, the only thing that we know is that we have experiences. Uh, really and true. as a result of that, the fact that we have experiences, uh, that means that our reality, our conscious reality, exists only in the mind. It doesn't, that we know of, exist outside of the mind, and we can never know that it exists outside because we can only find out about it through what we are getting through the experiences that come from these electrical impulses. Uh, so th- at the bottom line, what it, what it means is we are having experiences together, we a consensus reality, these experiences that we're having together are all that we know to be true about reality. And as a result of that, those experiences can change and we can make them change and become what it is that we as a society and we as individuals want them to be. That's the challenge. I think it's important to stress, too, that we're talking not just, not just about your eyes, but your this, your sense of touch, your mm-hmm. ears. All of your senses are supplying uh, these impulses to uh, your brain in various ways where they're, where they're processed somehow. Um, but all along, 
your brain is basically, in fact, your whole body, I, I would argue that for, based on what I've, what I've learned, that it isn't just your brain, but your whole body is basically a two-way radio. Um, it's receiving and transmitting um, signals from uh, your mind, which is not at all in your body. Um, your mind is part of eternal mind and part, so connect, closely connected with everybody else's mind that it's easy for us to do what Craig says and have a, con- a consensus reality that we all put together and basically all agree to believe in. Um, and this reality this is only in the mind. Yes, yes. It, there is no outside reality. No, when, we have no you, way of knowing that. Right? Mm-hmm. And everything that, that we everything that we see says that there is no outside reality. We know that for the fact because that reality can change very easily. And uh, we have these these stories about the multiple personalities, which I think yes. are wonderful stories that illustrate yes. the fact that what happens to us is dependent upon the mind and not upon any other reality. A person can, who has a multiple personality, can come in and they can be one personality. This one person who has no diabetes. And they take a blood test, and the, and the glucose level is normal, and uh, they can change instantly into another personality. And this personality has diabetes. They take a blood test, and the high, glucose is high. <laughs> wow. So reality has changed because it changes from moment to moment. But it's our minds. It was the mind of the person with the multiple uh, personality disorder uh, who changed from being a diabetic to being a non-diabetic, and the physical world changed as a result. Wow. Well, we're, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the ways in which your very powerful mind is influencing your reality and, and some of the other implications of all of this wonderful information. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our guest is the wonderful R. Craig Hogan, my dear friend, and we'll be right back. interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. If you'd like to talk about some of the things that are discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the welcoming community at afterlifeforums.com. Roberta and Andrew manage afterlife forums in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. If you are very ill, if you have lost a loved one, or if you just wonder about these topics, come and join the fun at afterlifeforums.com. there were a place that was the opposite of civilized and what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked when roberta grimes studied the afterlife evidence she learned more than that our lives are eternal she also discovered what we really are 
And to help us make the most of our lives, she's begun the Letters from Love series of novels. Begin with My Thomas, her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Or stop by robertagrimes.com to learn more. Welcome back to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Dr. R. Craig Hogan, who knows more about this stuff than all the rest of us put together. Um, and he's spent the first part of, of our program talking about what reality is and the fact that it's all consciousness-based. And our consciousness, yours and mine individually, are all part of one great consciousness. Now, he's going to give us some of the implications of all that, because that's where it really gets interesting. So... Craig, you you started to talk about how our minds create reality and can mm-hmm. influence reality. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that, and then let's go on to talk about some more exotic things. Sure. Um, and the reality that we're con- we are creating as a consensus is uh, the big reality, the, the reality that we believe is the physical realm. That reality is something which is created by all of society and all of us uh, as a species. And so that, that has come out of uh, our long history, of, uh, and we now are creating the reality out of what our expectations are for it. Uh, and, and so we expect this, the kind of world that we have now, and that's what we get, because we expect it to be true. So that reality of, of a world that, that has cruelty and violence and, and, and hatred and, and uh, self-absorption, all of that is something which we create as a consensus reality. That can be changed. We could be living in a world full of love and compassion, a a world in which we're more concerned about other people than ourselves. And in in that kind of a world, we wouldn't have the kinds of difficulties that we have now. But that's all a matter of the mind. We are creating the the world that we have right now. And when that world changes, when we do become more loving and compassionate, then it actually would change the physical realm because the physical realm is only what we create out of consciousness. So in, in that big scene and, and what we see as what reality is, we will change the physical realm, but we also are in charge of our mental or our psychological realm. We create the reality that we have. We are in circumstances that are created by the consensus reality that we're in, but we create our, our love and, and compassionate and, and happiness ourselves, and we can do that in any circumstances, or we can be miserable and we can blame the world, and we can and we can be depressed. So we are creating what it is that we have out of life, so that even a person who's a, a quadriplegic, someone who, who we say, oh, isn't that terrible? They ought to be hateful about life, and they ought to be miserable, and they don't need to be. Uh, anyone who is in any circumstance in life can make of that circumstance whatever they want. As Joseph Campbell said, we must follow our bliss. Follow our bliss. Find out what it is that makes us happy. What is it that, that makes us happy in life? And be happy. So we know people who have life circumstances that we say are terrible or awful, and yet they're very happy. 
they're very contented with life. They make of their lives what they want it to be. And other people who who have actually pretty meaningful lives and they have what they need and, and they're miserable and they're unhappy and they're always griping and, and it's because they're making that of their lives. So in that way, in the psychological or mental implications of our lives, we make of our lives what they are and we are the ones who create that reality. We can either be happy, we can be blissful, we can be loving and kind, or we can be miserable and hateful and, and depressed and, and spend our whole lives in that in that sinkhole. But we are the ones who determine that. We all have friends who are happy, who are uh, who who expect the best of life, and surprisingly often that's what they get. Mm-hmm. Optimists t- tend to have much better lives than pessimists, who mm-hmm. uh, are always saying, "My life sucks." Uh, this or that is bad. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna t- do terribly on this uh, uh, project or test or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so surprisingly often, that's exactly what happens. Self fulfilling. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. the key, I think, and if you take nothing else away from today, please remember that your thoughts are so powerful that you are creating your reality. And if your if your life is not what you want it to be, it's time to start changing the way you think about your life. Mm-hmm. Think of it as wonderful. Think of it as perfect. Think of it as God-blessed, and everything is going to happen just as it should, and everything is wonderful. And if you can really do that, it'll all come true. Yeah, I mean, and we th- need to open ourselves to the guidance that we get. We have people who, people and beings who are very concerned about us, who are spending their entire lives and, and their entire existence trying to help us and to make us, help us to become happy, productive people, and to grow spiritually, there are people on the other side. There are guides, there are loved ones who are on the other side, and the source itself, which is always looking out for our best, our welfare. And if we open ourselves and allow the influence, and allow ourselves to listen to what's being given to us, we will be guided into happier circumstances. But we have to understand that the other side is spending its time, is very concerned about us, and is available for us. And that's something that people need to learn. Yeah, I, I, it's one of the sad artifacts of the fact that um, science ignores uh, most of reality, that people just have no understanding of the fact that um, we're here just for like a few minutes out of an eternal mm-hmm. existence. And our best friends are actually, most of them, not in bodies right now. Some of them mm-hmm. are helping us from um, what we think of as the other side, um, helping us from very close to us, but on a different uh, vibratory rate, and therefore we're not able to see or perceive them very well, but we certainly can feel them, and they're eager to help us and give us guidance. Um, I, I I think it's I, it's all going to come clear, I think, once there's communication between levels, because suddenly people will be, there's no way to deny the fact that those other levels of reality are there, and people will then begin to understand the role of that they play in our lives. Mm-hmm. And the key to this, one of the, the real primary keys to it is what we call now afterlife communication, that it's so important that people understand that and have the experience of having a continuing relationship with their loved ones who are on the other side. They're only a thought away. And that continuing relationship, when we have their counsel and uh, we continue to know that they are concerned about us and with us, that changes our lives. That changes people's lives. That's why people who have near-death experiences, one of the common elements that results uh, from someone who has a near-death experience is their lives change. 
And we can, every one of us, have that experience. All we have to do is have the experience of communicating with our loved ones who are there and available and anxious to communicate with us. And all we have to do is learn how to do it. And that's what this conference yeah. is all about. Yes, let, let's let's mention the conference. Craig is central to putting together what is going to be an extraordinary, life-changing conference, July 10th to 13th of this year in Scottsdale. The Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies is having its 38th annual conference open to the public, open to anyone who's listening. Called It's called New Developments in Afterlife Communication. And as I wasn't aware of, of a lot of what was going on. As I begin to be aware of it, I am blown away. Um, we all know that um, n- n- it was impossible for there to be heavier-than-air flight. You could only fly in a balloon until the day the Wright brothers took off and flew 100 and some odd feet. Um, all that was was proof of concept. It works. We just have to figure out how to do it better. Well, those proof-of-concept communications with the dead have already happened. Some of them happened more than 10 years ago. Um, all we need to do now, since we know it works, we, we need to figure out how to make it work well enough that it is impossible for anyone to deny it's happening. And that's what people are working on now. So July 10th to 13th, go to ASCSI.org for more information. But uh, it's Craig's baby, and he's certainly doing a wonderful job. I appreciate so much all your efforts. Yeah, it's going to be I, a wonderful conference. And, and as I, you I, said, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. As you say, we we know that these things are true. We know that that, that now in uh, one of the methods, there are 16 methods that are going to be at this conference. One of them is 95% or better successful in, in uniting people with those in the afterlife. Another is 86% successful. Another is 70 and And, of course, mediums uh, are, are able to connect with people in the afterlife. Virtually everyone can connect with their loved ones in the afterlife and develop a new relationship. The relationship is not ended. It's a new relationship, and all they have to do is have a communication with them and begin that new relationship. One of the wonderful things that this does for us, yes, it's great, it's wonderful to be in contact with our loved ones and our guides, but what it does is hit you upside the head with the fact that your life is eternal. You really did never begin and you never will end. There being no time, of course, that's true by definition. But knowing that your, that your life is eternal makes you live it on a much bigger stage. Uh, you stop thinking short term and you start thinking in terms of your own spiritual growth because that's what we're here for. So uh, it, it does change everything in so many ways when we really, really get the fact that, that our loved ones are all still alive and fine and actually in a place they say is more real than where we think we are now. So um, well, just before we move on to talk about remote viewing, which is something I really want to talk about, we, um, I, I just think I should mention that there are methods for in, enlisting the power of your mind and improving your life. There's masterminding, which you can, you know, Google mastermind. Um, there are places uh, where people will teach you how to use your mind to improve your life. Um, uh, it simply, you know, writing down every day what your intention is. Um, every day, without fail, write it down and read it. People tell me that that's all they need to do, and they get that better job, or they, they make whatever breakthrough in their life they were trying to make happen. Um, your, your thoughts are extremely powerful, and once you believe it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So, so a lot of this effort, really, in trying to improve your life using your mind comes from just 
helping your mind get past whatever negative thoughts have caused your mess and, and help your mind get into a, a, a frame where um, the only thing that's possible is success and happiness. Okay, Craig, let's talk about remote viewing. Uh, mm-hmm. what, 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 we, what I'd like to do for the rest of our time together is talk about the things that come from the facts that we've been talking about for the first half hour of this program. Um, okay, all of this is true. Uh, we're, everything is consciousness. Our minds create the reality that we see around us and that we think we're in. But as we come, and we as a culture and, and the scientific community with us, as we come to really use that information, what is that going to make possible for us? Yeah, there's so much that we have open to us. Everything is available to us. All we have to do is learn how to take advantage of it. Uh, everything is accessible, is, is the word. So instead of saying that things exist, we have to say they're accessible. What that means is that uh, memories are accessible that someone else may be having. Uh, lives are accessible. We can learn about other people's lives. We can learn about our own lives and previous lives. And all of that's accessible. All we have to do is find out how to do it. And remote viewing is one of the ways in which we do that. It's a wonderful way of showing us the fact that reality is much more than the physical realm that's around us because we can sit and close our eyes and concentrate on something anywhere in the world, and we can get impressions about it. Uh, sometimes we can get very clear pictures of what it is, or sentiments about it, or we can hear things have, have anything to do with it. And it's called remote viewing. It's a very common phenomenon. Uh, many, many people can can do it, and I don't know that there are any data about it, but I would guess that it would be perhaps one out of every 100 people, or, or even even more, are able to do remote viewing. So many people who are listening right now will be able to do it. Uh, I have a remote viewing test that people can take on uh, one of my websites, and I'd invite everybody to get on. It's all free. Everything I do is free. Uh, it's at greaterreality.com, and at greaterreality.com, there's an option to, for the remote, remote viewing test. Um, what happens in remote viewing is that uh, the person sits, closes their eyes, and thinks of some thing anywhere in the universe that ever existed or exists now and can get impressions about it. Uh, and all I have to do is think about it. Uh, for instance, I can, I'm can. i best at remote viewing objects that are on tables or objects that are, are someplace. And all I have to do is know that it's on a table in George's house in New Jersey. That's all I need to know. And so I can sit down and close my eyes and, th- and say to myself, I want to see What's on that table in George's house in New Jersey? I don't have to know who George is or anything about him. It's just that he he set up something on a table, and uh, and I will start to get impressions about it. I'll get impressions about the way it feels, about what it looks like, uh, impressions about people putting it on the table. Uh, and so those kinds of impressions come in remote viewing, and that shows us that there is no space. Uh, no. <laughs> and we are able to access anything in the, in the universe. In, in your in your book, uh, Your Eternal Self, you talk about this. And you astonished yourself when you found it was happening, right? The first time. Yeah, the first um, time. I just uh, I actually <laughs> had written had or had, uh, had read a book by uh, uh, by Groff, and uh, I uh, he described what you do is you sit down and you empty your mind, make it into an empty rice bowl, and repeat to yourself a series of numbers. The numbers are meaningless; they only stand for whatever it is. And uh, so I sat down in front of a computer, 
and uh, there was going to be a target, which means that this is the thing that was going to be viewed somewhere in the world. I had no idea where. And uh, I closed my eyes, and I repeated the numbers that were associated with that target. And I got the impression, a very clear impression, of I saw a gold light shining on what looked like a, a cathedral. It was a tall building, and in the background there were other shorter buildings, and it looked like there were something hanging over top of it. And I, I opened up my eyes and sketched all of that and looked at it, and then it turned out that they were Mayan ruins uh, and, in Central America, and there was a gold light that was shining on the principal Mayan ruin, which looked like a cathedral building, and behind it were other Mayan ruins that were sticking up out of the forest, and over top of it were darker clouds. So I had gotten what it was, and that just knocked my socks off. Yeah. <laughs> because it was the first time I'd ever tried it, and uh, I was able to do it immediately. Uh, so that was the beginning. That was how I was initiated into it. Anybody can do it. Are you psychic by nature? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you, but you, you I've never developed any of it. Yourself. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry? Well, did, 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 did you always know you were psychic? No. No, this is the first. I actually was drawn to all of this. Uh, I had been drawn to it when I started meeting psychics in my life, and I had never met a psychic before. This happened about halfway through my, my, my lifetime. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, halfway through a, a century of, of my lifetime. And uh, I just was meeting psychics left and right, and they were telling me things that were amazing to me. I couldn't understand how they could know these things. Uh, previous to that, I didn't believe in anything. I didn't think that any of this was possible. And so then I, um, I, I then met a, a psychic whose name uh, was Greta Alexander. She's a well-known psychic in Illinois. And uh, Greta had uh, told me that uh, my life would change in the next two years, that I would be reborn, I would be a different person than I was, ever had been before, and that after that then I would be a light, uh, I would be a water carrier, uh, and that meant that I would be able to teach people about this. And uh, sure enough, exactly what happened. My life changed in the next two years. I began to understand this. And then I discovered these psychic abilities. I discovered that I had psychometry ability, and uh, that means that I can hold things in my hand. I had had gone to a psychic, and uh, she had said, oh, you know, you, you're a, you have psychometry ability. It means you can hold things in your hand and know what they are, know about the person that, they, that owned them. And she said, go home and take a, a deck of playing cards, don't sort it out, but just a random deck of playing cards, and take one card at a time, hold it face down on your palm, and don't look at it, so you only see the back of the playing card. And if it feels warm, then it's red. If it feels cold, then it's black. And uh, so I did that. I, I did that with a deck of playing cards and, and made two piles, and made it one for the warm pile and one for the cold pile, and didn't look at any of them. And after maybe about 20, 25 of them, I got tired of it and, and turned over the black pile, the, the one that was going to be cold, and they were all black. Wow. And uh, <laughs> turned over the red pile, the, the one that was warm, and they all except one were red. And that's wow. just out of random cards coming out of the deck. And so I realized that I had psychometry ability. So it turned out that I knew then that I could remote view, and I had psychometry ability. And uh, and from then, it led into my understanding of the, of, uh, the afterlife, the fact that we are much more than just this physical existence, and that's where all of this came from. But I was drawn to it. So in other words, there were, there were forces that were beyond me that were bringing me to it. 
I mean, many people have that same experience of I, it's as if people are being chosen out to do this work. It, uh, mm-hmm. you, I think you volunteer on some level, but on the other hand, it does feel as if it's beyond your control. We're, we're going to break again briefly, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about this. what is, I think, the most fascinating subject in the world. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. You are an eternal being. You never began, and you never will end. So learning the truth about reality is very important for your life. Our guest today is the extraordinary Dr. R. Craig Hogan, and we'll be right back. about some of the things that are discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the welcoming community at afterlifeforums.com. Roberta and Andrew manage afterlife forums in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. If you are very ill, if you have lost a loved one, or if you just wonder about these topics, come and join the fun at afterlifeforums.com. there were a place that was the opposite of civilized and what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked when roberta grimes studied the afterlife evidence she learned more than that our lives are eternal she also discovered what we really are and to help us make the most of our lives she's begun the letters from love series of novels begin with my thomas her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Or stop by robertagrimes.com to learn more. If you're interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead... Then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication, and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Dr. R. Craig Hogan, who is, um, in my view, and I've talked to just about everybody who's doing this work, uh, the preeminent expert on all things uh, greater reality and, um, and and a wonderful friend as well. Uh, Craig, you you were telling us, and, and, and we ran over in the last segment just because I couldn't interrupt it. Craig was telling us how he first learned um that he actually had some psychic abilities but but you've not done anything with those abilities since you haven't tried to be a psychic um no i have not or my medium abilities because i know that i can also uh i'm able to connect 
uh, using automatic writing. And uh, I haven't really? done anything with it because that's not my job. You know, it, it, my job is to be a, a water carrier. You know, it's to bring these truths to people. Uh, it's not uh, then to demonstrate them myself or to be part of that. Uh, although I would love to do it someday. I may after I retire from being a light, uh, you know, water carrier. But uh, my job right now is to be a servant. I'm a servant. And so whatever it comes to me that needs to be done, then uh, I do that. As we begin, I'm, no one would ever know it, but I'm chairman of the committee that's putting on this uh, the the conference in July, and uh, if it if they if it relied on me, it would get nowhere. So um, into the breach stepped this wonderful um, Dr. Hogan, who has put together the whole thing. Um, when it's a success and it's turning out to be a phenomenal success, uh, Craig, it's going to be your your doing. And I'm going to make sure everybody knows that because I'm embarrassed about the fact that I got so distracted. I, be, I Suddenly I'm writing novels and I can't seem to stop. Um, and that's something which I didn't even contemplate when I first wrote. Mm, that's your job. Work. That's your job. Everybody uh, has a job. Everybody has I, a job. All we have to do is of, do it. One of the key things I recommend that people do is say, I'll do whatever you would like me to do, God. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest That's thing it. for most mm-hmm. people to say. And mm-hmm. I don't understand why, except I think people worry that God's want them, going to want them to do something icky, go be mm-hmm. a missionary. or And, and mm-hmm. we, we get this out of Christianity, which teaches us that life, you know, that serving God is going to be tough and we have to sacrifice and all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I have to say the opposite is true. If you mm-hmm. truly say, I'm your servant, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do, mm-hmm. it is astonishing how suddenly things present themselves in mm-hmm. your life that are better than anything you could have thought up yourself. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's all laid out for you. God makes it easy to do God's will. It's mm-hmm. so wonderful. Yeah, yeah and so, uh, <laughs> the, the guided afterlife connection that, that I had, Rochelle had done one with me because I wanted to compare it to the induced after-death communication method. And she did a guided afterlife connection with me. And, and, and I said, I wanted, uh, at the end of it, I said, I wanted to talk to the team. The team is the people on the other side who are working with us in all of this. Uh, because there's a, there are teams, different teams, but there are huge numbers on the other side. And so I said, I want to talk to the team. I want to know what they want, want us to do now. And so then uh, I saw then in this experience a large conference table, and it was lined on either side with people. And and I uh, could see at the end of the conference table there was a, an easel, and it had drawings on it and, and words on it. And I couldn't make out what they were, but I knew that they were there. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? And they said, the plan is already in place. Just follow the plan. And that's Just what was on the easel. The and that's what it is. We just All we have to do is be open, be servants to those on the other side, don't doubt ourselves, and, 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 and try to do it in our own energies, but just listen to what it is that they want and do what they want, and it will come together. Part of the joy of living your life that way is you don't have any worries, mm-hmm. <laughs> because if, if any of this was up to me, knowing myself as I do by now, I would be worried all the time that I was screwing up. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I know now, and, and looking back on my life, I can see that there's always been a plan that I've yes. not even known I was following. And mm-hmm. um, at this point, I just, I just give it up to God. Whatever God wants me to do, I'll do. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and you don't and worry then, because it's not up to you. It's up to God. No, and it will come out right. It, will, uh, it may not be what you had expected. 
Right. So they may believe that your life is going in one direction and you, and you get all your plans together and you're going to have all this happen and it's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, and then it goes another direction. Now, that doesn't mean you get upset and you get uh, frantic because, oh, you know, I've been abandoned by God or, you know, this is not working out the way I wanted it to be. You just say, well, that was not the direction. I was being prepared for something else. And let's go. You know, let's go right into it. Wonderful point. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to make sure that we that we talk about before we end the hour, which is fast coming to an end, um, is the fact that our minds create our health, um, and uh, or lack thereof. And this is an area, don't you think, where medicine is due for a revolution when all of this information becomes common knowledge? Because yeah, unfortunately, uh, what's happened? Yeah, what's happened is we've become uh, addicted to uh, prescription drugs. Uh, and uh, well, all they're doing is, is changing the physical realm. They're just uh, doing things to the body, the physical body. Uh, but there are many more things that are spiritual and uh, mental and psychological that would have a, a tremendous effect upon us. We know that to be true. Um, we know it to be true from, from phenomena such as placebos, uh, the placebos yes. and, and uh, uh, homeopathic medicine uh, have yep. tremendous effects upon people and people's health. Uh, but we ignore that because the prescription drug companies are so strong now that they are uh, governing what's going on in medicine, and medicine is going thoroughly into this concept that if, if the more prescription drugs you can give a person, the more likely they're going to be uh, healed, or, or better yet for the drug companies, the more likely they'll need more prescription drugs. Uh, and so we're on this path, and it's a terrible path to be on, and we need to go the other direction and and understand spirituality, understand who we are, we're eternal beings, that, that all we need to do is to uh, tap into the source, uh, all we need to do is trust in those on the other side, uh, uh, the source, uh, our own abilities, our own uh, faculties, and we will see ourselves uh, finding ways of becoming well that have nothing to do with drugs and medicine. There are some, as, as I was doing my research in this field, I came across some extraordinary you know, completely verified stories of spontaneous healing of impossible to heal um, uh, diseases by the power of the mind. Um, mm-hmm. People being convinced that they were well, mm-hmm. and they were altogether well, and the cancer wasn't even there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I, I, it's not going to happen automatically. It's very difficult to get control of your mind to that extent. But that's the future in the end. Uh, uh, once people understand better how to use their minds, uh, that's probably going to be what we first try when, whenever we're out of kilter. We're going to understand that our, it, what we think is a physical illness is being caused by our minds and we'll use our minds to address it. Um, mm-hmm. it so that maybe we'll still have drug companies, but it'll be last resort, not first resort. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is the direction that we're going. Uh, and it's going to take us a while to get there, but we will get there. It will happen. I think it's very important too. I want to emphasize what you said early in the hour that the all the negativity in the world now, the wars, the the poverty, the pain, all of this is caused by our minds. Mm-hmm. And once we understand that and learn how to to overcome it mentally using the power of our conjoined minds, uh it'll all go away. Mm-hmm. Um I I yeah. even think since since time is an illusion, um uh, there's a, there's a there's a story of of uh, Christopher Columbus burning at the stake a hundred 
Native American chieftains in one, in one fell swoop, which is a horrible story. But because reality is not linear, it is entirely possible that that disaster was not what actually, quote, happened as people were collapsing reality at that time, mm-hmm. but instead that maybe he was just cranky with a 100 Native American chieftains, and then came all the negativity of the, of the 19th, especially the 20th century, and now when we look at our history books, we find he did something that horrendous. Can mm-hmm. we collapse a reality that, uh, for all time that is back to there never having been evil in the world? Um, I think that's theoretically possible, don't you? I, I don't know yes. if that's true, but yeah. but that's the kind of thing which our minds are capable of doing if only we begin to learn how to use them. Mm-hmm. That's true, and that means that we have to change uh, very uh, deeply inside of ourselves. So it isn't a, a matter of affirmations, of, of, of making statements and saying, well, I want my life to be better, or I'm a positive person, or I'm I'm a worthwhile person. Saying those kinds of things don't make a difference, but feeling and knowing them does make a difference. And what that means is that we have to change very deeply internally, and that our whole culture needs to change internally. It's going to be a slow process, but it is a process that we're a path that we're on, and uh, we can do much to help that process. We do it individually, one person at a time, and uh, we do it by talking, by by telling people what we know to be true, and helping people to understand this reality. And I think that. Afterlife communication is key. I do. I, think I that agree that is as well. Key to, to what will make a, a difference for humankind when people generally, when everyone has the experience of communicating with their loved one who has just gone on to the next level of life, then they will change as human beings. And when that happens among wide groups of people, that will change humanity. Um, we're going to have Dr. Hogan again on with us very soon to talk more about that, to talk more about afterlife communication and signs that our uh, our loved ones uh, give us and, and what all of that means. Uh, but we're coming to the end of our time, unfortunately. This goes this went very quickly. Thank you so much for being with me. Um, we, we've been talking with uh, R. Craig Hogan, uh, whose wonderful books include Your Eternal Self. You must read that book. This was life-changing for me. And also Guided Afterlife Connections about the ways in which it's possible for people to learn to have uh, experiences with their loved ones that will heal them. Uh, heal the heal the, the suffering person, heal the person who is in grief, extraordinary. And the, there's new work being done in that field, which is going to be revealed at the conference. So I hope you can be there in July. Go to ASCSI.org for more information. Uh, now, I'm Roberta Grimes. My books about death and the afterlife are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and Coming in the Fall, The Fun of Staying in Touch about what's happening in the field of communication now. It's, it's so important. My novels include My Thomas, which is a historically accurate recreation of Martha Jefferson's journal, and Rich and Famous is due out in May. The first two of my seven letters from love novels are already in print, and they explore how we can use what we're learning from the dead to make human life finally work. Letter from Wonder, the third in the series, is due in the fall. All my books are available at Amazon.com and through bookstores everywhere. Now, please join us next week. Our guest is will be John Audette. He's a fascinating and, and really interesting guy who's been around this, this field forever. And he's going to be talking about Eternia.com, which is a groundbreaking website he has founded with Dr. Evan Alexander. Please join us for that. And now go out and enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved. 
You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are. Thank you.